0: This is Nathaniel, and we're coming to you all the way from the United States in the state of New Jersey. We have a Tudor history question based off of Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall. In both the book and television adaptations of Wolf Hall, it seems as if Thomas Cromwell, our protagonist, and Cardinal Thomas Wolsey have a rather friendly relationship. It seems as if the Cardinal sees a kindred spirit in Thomas Cromwell. Although later, Cromwell is accused of abandoning the Cardinal and joining the King's service for his own personal benefit. Our question is, what was the actual nature of the relationship between these two men? Were these historical figures friends in real life? Nathaniel and I were really curious. Much to Emily and Nathaniel the dog from New Jersey who you saw there. I, uh, I love Nathaniel's coat and he's super cute and I loved seeing my book on this day in Tudor history uh, in the background there. As Emily mentioned um, in Hilary Mantel's book Wolf Hall and the TV adaptation, Thomas Cromwell and Cardinal Thomas Wolsey are more than just servant and master. They're shown as good friends, as kindred spirits. Cromwell appears devoted to Wolsey and is very, very loyal to him. However, when it comes down to it, Cromwell is not prepared to put his life and livelihood on the line when it becomes clear that Wolsey is going down. Cromwell is devastated by what happens to Wolsey, though. And in the episode of Wolf Hall that closed with Wolsey's death, we see Cromwell watching a court mask in which an actor playing the fallen cardinal is mocked for his low birth and chased off to Beelzebub in hell by demons. While Cromwell finds this mask shocking, cruel and distasteful, his new master, King Henry VIII, and his sweetheart Anne Boleyn laugh and applaud at the mask as the demons leave the stage and remove their masks, we see that their courtiers George Boleyn, Henry Norris, Francis Weston and William Brereton. When Wolsey's weeping gentleman usher, George Cavendish, relates the Cardinal's final days and death to Cromwell and says that he prays that God will send vengeance upon all those involved, Cromwell quietly assures him, no need to trouble God, George, I'll take it in hand. It is clear that Cromwell is going to take revenge on all those he holds responsible for Wolsey's downfall and all those who mocked his former master. And, of course, he does. In the next book, Bring Up the Bodies, when Thomas Risley speaks to Cromwell following the executions of George Boleyn, Norris, Weston, Breton, and Mark Smeaton. He says... All the players are gone, all four who carried the cardinal to hell, and also the poor fool Mark who made a ballad of their exploits. To which Cromwell replies, all four, all five. In Mantle's work, Cromwell has a clear motive for bringing down Anne Boleyn and these men, their involvement in the fall and death of his master and friend, Cardinal Wolsey. But were Cromwell and Wolsey close? How did Cromwell feel about his master's fall? Did this play take place? And was it motive for the events of May 1536? Well, let me tell you a bit more about Cromwell and Wolsey, the real historical Cromwell and Wolsey. Thomas Cromwell joined the service of Cardinal Thomas Wolsey sometime between 1514 and 1516, when Cromwell was about 30 years of age. Little is known of Cromwell's early life, but he did travel on the continent and he was fluent in Latin, French, Italian, Spanish and Greek. And by 1512, he was back in England and working as a lawyer. His language and legal skills made him quite a catch. In Wolsey's service, he was heavily involved with the administration of the colleges that Wolsey had founded from dissolved monasteries. Yes, Certain monasteries were dissolved before the famous dissolution of the monasteries, and Wolsey was in charge of it. Cromwell wasn't, however, involved in Wolsey's work for the King's great matter, the King's wish for an annulment of his first marriage. Cromwell focused instead on Wolsey's colleges and his own legal work. Unfortunately, the failure of the Blackfriars' legating court presided over by Wolsey and Cardinal Campeggio to rule on the annulment and what was seen as Wolsey stalling on the matter made Wolsey vulnerable to his enemies and on the 9th of October 1529 he was indicted for Premier. and on the 18th of October he surrendered the great seal of his chancellorship. George Cavendish, Wolsey's gentleman usher in his book, The Life of Cardinal Wolsey, tells of how he entered Wolsey's great chamber at his Asher property a couple of weeks later to find Cromwell leaning in the great window with a primer in his hands, saying of Our Lady Matins, while he prayed, he wept. So Cavendish asked him, what was wrong? What meaneth all this your sorrow? Is my Lord in any danger, for whom you lament thus? Or is it for any loss that ye have sustained by any misadventure? Cavendish records Cromwell's response. Nay, nay, it is my unhappy adventure, which am like to lose all that I have travailed for all the days of my life, for doing of my master true and diligent service, going on to say that he understood well that he was in disdain with most men for my master's sake, and surely without just cause. So Cromwell wasn't weeping for Wolsey, he was weeping for himself. But, as John Schofield points out in his wonderful biography of Cromwell, in that past year, Cromwell had lost his wife and daughters to sweating sickness and was now facing ruin due to his master's failure to secure the king's annulment. However, Cromwell wasn't going to leave court and focus on his own legal business he told Cavendish that he intended that very afternoon to ride to the royal court where he said, I will either make or mar. Fortunately, his decision paid off and he was unaffected by Wolsey's fall. He entered the king's service in early 1530 and quickly rose to become the king's right-hand man. In 1530, when Wolsey was fuming over the loss of the colleges that he'd founded, Cromwell tried to calm him down and advised him to let your prince execute his pleasure and told him to submit to the king. He also advised him to stop living so lavishly, which gave his enemies ammunition to use against him. He did, however, assure the cardinal that he had his full support. John Schofield explains that in October 1530, Cromwell wrote to the Cardinal regarding a rumour that Wolsey suspected Cromwell of dissembling. Cromwell wanted to clear himself and to assure Wolsey of his continued support, but added, Truly, your grace in some things overshooteth yourself. Unfortunately, Wolsey's reckless renewed correspondence with Rome and the Emperor and the way he was living led to his final fall and he was arrested. He died at Leicester in November 1530 while travelling to London to answer charges of treason. Although, as Schofield points out, Cromwell's reaction to his master's undoing and death are not recorded, he must have been saddened that it had come to that, albeit also relieved that he hadn't been caught up in it. The Cardinal Wolsey going into hell entertainment really did take place but a little later in January 1531. It wasn't performed at court though, it was performed at Thomas Boleyn's London home at a private dinner for the French ambassador. Historian Greg Walker explains that the motive behind the performance of the farce was to stress the king's new, more hostile attitude towards the Roman church and all its agents, while at the same time tacitly reminding the French of their own supposedly special relationship with the cardinal and their alleged involvement in his plotting immediately prior to his fall. Thomas Boleyn and his brother-in-law Thomas Howard, third Duke of Norfolk, wanted to show the French ambassador their importance, their status, now that Wolsey was out of the picture. However, according to Eustace Chapuis, the imperial ambassador, their plan backfired and the French ambassador was offended by the play, and by Norfolk's idea of having it published. George Boleyn may have been present at the performance at his father's house, but there is absolutely no evidence that he or any of the other men who fell in May 1536 played any part in it, and there's no mention of the other men even being present, the play does, however, work well in Mantell's novel in providing Cromwell with a motive for singling out these men to bring down in 1536. So, Thomas Cromwell and Cardinal Wolsey were close. It appears to be in a relationship of mutual respect and even affection. And Cromwell did his best to advise his former master when he saw that he was vulnerable. But Wolsey couldn't be saved, and Cromwell had a new master, the king, to whom his loyalty was owed. I'm going to leave you with links in the description uh, to read George Cavendish's two-volume biography of Wolsey. It is a primary source because Cavendish was Wolsey's servant and it does make interesting reading. Anyway, thank you again to Emily and Nathaniel for an excellent question. I do hope you've enjoyed it. You can subscribe by clicking around about there. You can hit the bell to be notified as these videos go live. The bell is ringing out telling you to do that. I never time these bells, they just, they go every quarter of an hour and this is the o'clock bell so it goes on for a bit. And you can give me a like and I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye.